0: Okay, please turn to the Gospel of Matthew tonight, Matthew chapter 11, and we'll be reading just a a few verses, uh, verses 20 to 24. So Matthew chapter 11 and verse 20. Then began he, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, then began he to upbraid the cities, wherein most Of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And I say unto you it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which were, uh, have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on this word. Our Father, again, we again give thee thanks for the scriptures that we've read. And Father, we do pray that you'd take your servant and use him tonight that men and women might be built up in their most holy faith. Father, again, we just pray that you would have your way in us, that we might be the men and women of God that you would have us to be. Father, undertake for the preached word this evening. We know it will not return void unto you, but it will accomplish the purpose that you send it to. We do pray for those that are unsaved and listening in, we do pray for those who are believers that they might be encouraged and built up and father we just pray that you would bless us and take us on our way rejoicing because we ask all this in our savior's precious worthy name amen amen uh, so far in these studies uh, we have looked at bethlehem bethlehem is the house of bread uh, this is where our lord spent the first 30 years of his life while here on earth. or well, from Bethlehem to Nazareth. And then we looked at beth Bethabara beth is the house of crossing or passage. And this is where he crossed over from uh, private life to public life. This is where John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is the place we were introduced to the Trinity where our Lord was also baptised. Now we turn our attention to the, the third Beth, which is Beth beth Bethseda means the house of nets. The house of nets. And how appropriate this name is As this is the place where several fishermen came from. Fishermen who became fishers of men. The name Bethsaida occurs seven times in the Gospels. I will not turn to them all. I will just read out the headings. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 21. In Mark chapter 6. And verse forty-five, in Mark chapter eight, verses twenty-two to twenty-six, in Luke chapter nine, verse ten, and Luke chapter ten, verse thirteen, in John chapter one, verse forty-four, and John chapter twelve, verse twenty-one. Now, in Matthew twenty-one or Matthew eleven twenty-one and Luke ten thirteen, it records. The Lord's condemnation. We've just read about it. He was condemning Corazin. He was condemning Bethsaida. He was condemning Capernaum. So Matthew twenty eleven twenty one and Luke ten thirteen records the Lord's condemnation. Then in Mark chapter six and verse forty five, it records the Lord walking on the sea. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 22, it records about the blind man that was healed. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 10, we see the feeding of the five thousand men plus. In John chapter 1, verse 44, Philip, Andrew, Peter, Nathaniel are all called to be disciples. In John chapter 12, verse 20, the Greeks say, We would see Jesus and as I've said here at Bethesda that our Lord called several men several men who would be his companions his companions in the the great ministry in which he was embarking upon they were fishermen who became fishers of men Bethesda was the home to Peter and Andrew and Philip. And they were fishers who lived in the house of nets. Appropriate. Bethsaida was the place or the scene of many wonderful works of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, unbelievably, it has the unenviable, Reputation along with Corazin and Capernaum of having rejected the witness of our Lord, including the miracles which He did, and thus receiving the condemnation of our Lord. And they destined themselves for judgment. Matthew 11, 21 to 24 we have read it. Now in this condemnation, the Lord talks of Tyre and Sidon. Now Tyre and Sidon were pagan cities. And they're mentioned several times in the Old Testament. And compared to his chosen people, the Jewish people the nation of Israel, cities like Bethsaida and Chorazin and Capernaum, Uh, Where he did so many amazing miracles uh, and they rejected him. He said of these pagan cities, had they had seen and heard the things that you have heard and seen, they would have repented. These pagan nations, these pagan nations that were full of idolatry and full of sin if they had seen the miracles and heard the words and seen the things of the Lord, that these cities had seen, they would have repented. But Corazon, Bethsaida, Capernaum, you didn't repent. But they would have repented, but you didn't. And he condemned them. Like folks, these to me are some of the most incredible statements made in the New Testament. These are some of the strongest pronouncements of judgment that our Lord ever made. We know he denounced the the scribes and the Pharisees and hypocrites and woe unto you and so forth. But here he is condemning these three cities. And when he gets down to Capernaum... He says, And thy Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, thou wilt be brought down to hell. Very strong. Strong pronouncements, strong denouncements, if you like. When one considers the, uh, the wickedness of Tyre and Sidon and the sinfulness of Sodom. Uh, for the Lord to say, "Woe!" and it shall be more tolerable for thee, or for them, than it will be for thee. It's a real indictment, real indictment on Chorazin, on Bethsaida, on Capernaum. Now, if you want to read up about Tyre and Sidon, uh, they they're also condemned in the Old Testament. Read Isaiah 23. Read the chapter of Joel 3. Read Amos chapter 1, 9 and 10. Read Zechariah 9, 1 to 4. They all condemn Tyre and Sidon. But the Lord says about these cities that were condemned in the Old Testament by several of the Old Testament prophets, He said, if the works had been done in them, that was done in thee, they would have repented. There must have been some wonderful things done in Besseda. There's another teaching here that we don't have really much time to go in, into and it's this that there will be degrees of punishment or judgment In the day of judgment. The Lord said it will be more tolerable. For Sodom. And he said it will be more tolerable. For Tyre and Sidon. In fact what he's saying there. It's going to be a lot easier for these. Evil. Pagan. Sinful. Cities. Than what it will be for you. Because you rejected the very works. That you've seen. Terrible judgment. More tolerable. Because of the mighty works that were done in these cities, uh, uh, in Bethsaida, the Lord said the other cities would have repented. But Bethsaida did not repent, Chorazin did not repent. Capernaum did not repent. Uh, What an incredible, sad indictment on these three cities. Hard to believe. Hard to understand. How could people go out and watch the Christ? How could they watch the Lord Jesus Christ conducting his miracles and, and, and the teaching that would come from his mouth? And yet they rejected it. And folks, just in reading this last few days, already these three towns have been literally judged. Because today, scarcely any remains of any of these towns remain. Only a few ruins how solemn and how foolish it was and it is to reject such a witness the witness of our Lord Jesus Christ and folks men and women will be judged today and they will be condemned today if they reject our Lord Jesus Christ. They were judged because they rejected the words and the works and the miracles that were done among them. And folks I find that many today who hear God's word, who see his works as it were all around us, reject the witness that is given to them and they will be judged accordingly. Now, one of the better known miracles of our Lord at Bethsedda was the feeding of the 5,000. I believe that this is possibly why they were judged so harshly. Because it is very possible that just about everyone in the town would have seen this miracle. 5,000 people in those days coming out to see the Lord. Now if just one or two came out from the city and saw some of the Lord's miracles then the Lord would not condemn the whole town. I don't believe he would. But if the whole town saw that the uh, the, the miracles and if the whole town uh, heard his word Then the whole town stands condemned. Now we don't know this for a fact. We don't know how many came out from Bethsaida. But it seems to be that. This was the local locality. Uh, When the Lord was in the area. The word would get around. And everyone would come out to see him. Okay this was a. A desert place they were in. Just outside of Bethsaida. Uh, To be more correct, it was a deserted wilderness place. An uninhabited plain. Near to the east bank of the Jordan River. Where it enters into the Sea of Galilee. Now please turn to the Gospel of Luke. And chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 10 says this and the apostles when they were returned told him all that they had done and he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida and the people when they knew it followed him and he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. So he was speaking unto them, he was healing them. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and the company round about and lodge and... Get victuals, buy food, for, for we are here in a desert, a deserted place, a desert place. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, uh, 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 We have no more but uh, five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people. Uh, and they were about five thousand men. And he said to the disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so. Made them all sit down. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and give to his disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were filled. And there was taken up of fragments that remained of them twelve baskets. Twelve baskets. Now please turn back to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I will not read all of it. But uh, from verses 1 to verse 22. We see the situation. But I just want to read verses 21 and 22. So Matthew 14 verse 21 and 22. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men. And then Matthew records just a little bit more, besides women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So we call this the feeding of the 5,000. But I, I suspect that there was more like 10 maybe 12,000 there there's 5,000 men and then there was women as well and then there was children on top of that and you know what it's like whenever things are happening in an area and everybody's getting excited all the children come out to have a look and the men and the women and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. There was also 12 baskets full of bread left over. We don't know why. Maybe it was for the poor. The Old Testament tells us to the gleanings and so forth are for the poor. Uh, maybe, maybe there was one basket for, for every 1,000, maybe 12,000 people. Maybe there was a basket each for the disciples. Turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 12 says this. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost, Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. And so they gathered up these fragments and it may well be that they gave them away but certainly they were not wasted. Maybe for the disciples. Now at this point in time John the Baptist had just been beheaded. Uh, and his disciples took up the body. Oh, we haven't got time to go into all that. But uh, he'd just been beheaded. Just been executed. Because of the, the, the forthrightness of, of his preaching. And before, because of the condemnation of sin, John was put in prison. And then he was beheaded. And you know the whole story there. And his disciples took up the body and buried it. And they came to Jesus and told him. And in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 12 it says this. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities then we have the, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. In John chapter 9 and verse 10, it was a desert place. It was a deserted place. It was a deserted plain. But it was belonging to the city of Bethsaida. These miracles of the feeding, we we'll call it the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000, it is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels. In Matthew 14, 13 to 21. In Mark chapter 6, 31 to 34. In Luke chapter 9, 12 to 17. In John chapter 6, 1 to 14. And on this occasion, John's Gospel records more detail. John records more detail in relation to this miracle than do the others. Many miracles were done in Bethsaida. And they're not recorded. Matthew 11, 20 says, Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. And they repented not. But this miracle is recorded four times. So I believe it is therefore worthy of our consideration. So let's turn to John chapter 6 and we will read a few verses from there. John chapter 6 and verses 1 to 13. After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee which is the Sea of Tiberias and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased and Jesus went up into the mountain and there he sat with his disciples and the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. when Jesus then lifted up his eyes he saw a great, mult- or a great company come unto him He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Uh, Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is is not sufficient for them, that that every one of them may take a little. Uh, One of his disciples, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says unto him, "Uh, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down and number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, let nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Unto them
1: that had eaten.
0: The feeding of the five thousand... I believe is a lesson to show the deity of our Lord. And John, when he records this miracle, he records more detail than, than any other gospel, although there are some other details recorded in Matthew and so forth. But John records more details than any other gospels. Uh, and folks we need to understand when we see this, it is not contradictory. It is supplementary, if you like, to the other Gospels. He adds a little bit on. Similar to that of Luke, when he also records in many places details that are not in the other Gospels. Now, Luke chapter 9 and verse 12, we see that most of the disciples said, send them away. Send them away that they may go into the towns and the country round about and buy food in John chapter six and verse nine, they say two hundred pennyworth is not enough, even to give them a little. Remember, they were all filled; they were full. So two hundred pennyworth was not enough to buy them even a little. So to fill them up, it could have been six hundred pennyworth of bread to fill them. But then Andrew speaks up. Andrew says. There's a lad here. <laughs> so what do we take out of all this? Well, out of possibly ten or 12,000, this young boy, this child, came along to see and hear the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was prepared for the long haul. Now it seems, I don't know, but it seems that nobody else had a packed lunch. (laughs) It seems that nobody else had any food with them. But this young boy, he'd come along for the long haul, as I said. But not only that, he was prepared to share it. He was prepared to share what he had. I thought about this. I thought well. Maybe his mother. I suspect it would have been. Would have made up his lunch for him. And little did she know. As she packed that little lunch for her. Little boy. Little lad. That it would feed so many people. Thousands. Many Thousands. Uh, I wonder what the lad would say when he got home. Have you ever thought about that? I wonder what this young lad would say when he got home and went to see his mother. He said, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Remember those those loaves you gave me? I shared it among 10,000 people. I wonder would his mother believe him when he would have hold her because I'm sure he would you wouldn't keep something like that secret would you? Uh, there's no mention of her uh, being there look for all I know his father could have made it up for him well not stereotype people you know what days we're living in somebody complain could have been his mother could have been his father that made it up he could have made it up himself it doesn't really matter What really happens is that God blessed it and used it to his glory. God blessed the loaves and the fish for his glory. As I said, I believe there would have been possibly 10,000 or more people there. Because in Matthew's Gospel it says that they had eaten, when they had eaten, there were 5,000 men beside women and children. And after this feeding of the 5,000, plus people, the Lord perceived that they would make him king. John chapter 6 and verse 15 says this. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Very often the Lord went up into the mountains. And up into the mountain himself alone. But he also left an instruction. He instructed the disciples to go to the other side. Please turn back to Matthew 14 22 and 23. Matthew 14 22 and 23 and straightway again there's that word and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away so he was going to come and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up into a mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come he was there alone but the ship was now in the midst of the sea Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went on to them, walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway, there's that word again. Jesus spoke unto them saying be of good cheer it is I be not afraid and Peter answered him and said Lord if it be thy bid me come unto thee on the water and he said come and when Peter was come down out of the ship he walked on the water to go to Jesus but when he saw the winds boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying Lord save me And immediately, there's that word again, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thy doubt? You know, before the Lord made himself known, before uh, they recognized him as he walked in the sea, that storm arose and the winds blew and the sea uh, rose up it was boisterous it was tempestuous and the disciples were afraid and folks there's a couple of lessons here one even if we know christ as savior storms will come be assured of it storms will come into our lives Two, he sees the problem and he puts it under his feet. You see, the problem was the sea and the waves and they were boisterous and they were tempestuous. And so the Lord puts the problem under his feet. But you know, he still expects us to look to him. Even though we can expect these storms... We know that he is in control and all the storms are under his feet. He still expects us to approach him and to speak to him and to come before him in prayer. Peter cried out, Lord, save me! Peter saw the storms round about and for a time he took his eyes off the Lord and he started to sink until he obeyed the words of the Lord. Folks, Things might seem to be dark. And the passage might seem rough. But he sees, and he knows, and he cares. He cares about the, the different situations we might find ourselves in. And again, the lesson is, don't take your eyes of the Lord. Psalm 107 verse 29 says this. He maketh the storm a calm. So that the waves thereof are still. Remember that when you're going through the difficulties. When you're going through the storms of life. When you're going through those trials and tribulations. He maketh the storm a calm. So that the waves thereof are still. And again, as I've said in previous uh, previous message, four times in this psalm, Psalm uh, 107, verses 8, 15, 21, 31, says, Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So he makes the storm a calm. But do we praise him for his goodness? the little chorus goes with Christ in the vessel I can smile at the storm until he takes me home folks we're going through coronavirus Uh, we're not allowed to come to the church all at once Uh, there are trials and there are difficulties but have you allowed the Lord to come into your vessel with Christ in the vessel I can smile at the storm Until he takes me home. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week, whenever that time might be, until he takes me home. But one of the more interesting miracles, we can say a lot more about Peter walking on the sea, but one of the more interesting miracles, to me anyhow, that the Lord did at Bethsaida is recorded in Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26 so please turn to Mark chapter 8 Mark chapter 8 and verse 22 Mark chapter 8 and verse 22 and he cometh to Bethsaida and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him and he took the blind man by the hand remember this please he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town and when he had spit on his eyes he put his hands upon him and asked him if he saw aught and he looked up and said I see men as trees walking after that he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored. So every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. Very interesting. Very interesting. Although many mighty works were done here, in Bissena, only a few are recorded for us. But here, a blind man, a blind man is brought to him, a man who could not find his way by himself, a man who is helped to come to the Lord. Now, I don't know if you took particular notice of verse 23. I ask you to remember. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. I see here a great moment of great humility, sympathy, empathy, and tenderness. The Lord takes the man by the hand, and he led him out of the town. Folks, let me just say this. Some of the greatest blessings come when we're walking hand in hand with the Lord. And in verse 26 it says, And he sent him away to his own house, saying, neither go into the town nor tell it to any man in the town now there's at least two things arise here why was this miracle done in stages some would call it progressive healing and we don't want to give credence to that number two why did the Lord lead him out of the town and told him to say nothing? Well, in relation to the Lord taking him out of the town, John Wesley says this, It was in just, just displeasure against the inhabitants of Bethsaida for their obstinate infidelity, that our Lord would work no more miracles among them, nor even suffer the person he had cured, either to go into the town or to tell it to any therein. Mark chapter 8, verse 26. That's what John Wesley says about it. And folks, the Lord had no pleasure in this town, Bethsaida, he didn't even want them to see this miracle. He did not want him to hear the testimony of the man that was cured. A blind man. Why was this miracle done in stages? Well, let me give you what I, what I think. I read this in a little booklet put out by uh, an Irish evangelist called Jim Flanagan. First of all, the spittle... Uh, To us, it would seem a terrible thing to spit on someone's eyes. But the spittle is saliva. Verse 23 says, When he had spit on his eyes, this, I believe, would soften, as it were, the the, the ness or the crustiness around his eyes. Uh, the secretions that uh, would have caused this man's eyelids to stick together. And secondly, he received partial sight. Verse 23, the Lord asked him what he saw. And in verse 24, he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. So his visage was blurred. He had partial sight. I I believe that this is because uh, the Lord knew that, that if he opened this man's eyes and his vision fully right away, his eyes might have been damaged by the bright sunlight. And thirdly, he received full sight. He said, I see clearly. The Lord touched him. And his sight was returned to him. Now as far as I know, this is the only miracle that is done progressively. And I believe it was because of the Lord's sensitivity towards this man. That it was done this way. Remember our reading? She says, Don't go back into the town. Don't tell anyone what's happened. What a condemnation on Bethsaida. Because of the works that had been done there, they were being judged. And the Lord would not even allow another miracle to be done in that town. He took the man by the hand, very graciously, and led him out of the town. And he healed him, and he was very sensitive to the way that he healed him. And in Matthew 11, it tells us, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented, but Bethsaida rejected. Folks, I hope and pray that whoever hears this little message that they will not reject but that they also might look up and see the salvation of our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for the opportunity of opening up thy word. Father, we thank thee for it. And we do pray, Lord, that as we would, as it were, leave this place and as people at home would perhaps close their word of God that they might realize that there's a heaven above and there's a hell beneath and that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, And I do pray, Lord, that as they have heard the word of God and as perhaps they have seen the glory of God in the firmament above, that they would not reject the Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, who says, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." Father, I do pray that we might hear of men and women getting saved in these days. When I pray, that you bless your word to our hearts, and Jesus praises, and worthy name, Amen.